Welcome Eddie Crouch to discuss the recent increase in targets with the NHS um, and how to get more performance basically with less staff, a challenge a lot of people are facing. Eddie, tell me what's been going on recently and let's talk first of all about the increase in targets. Uh, yeah, well, as, as people know, the letter that came through at the, um, just before Christmas, uh, it certainly wasn't a, a happy Christmas for the, for the dental profession in England, uh, seeing that the fact that there was a 20% increase in the target that was expected from them at the time when people were, you know, experiencing the full blast of the new wave of Omicron and uh, and the effects that that was having on their appointment book and their staffing levels. I mean, it, it just seemed a completely uh, unexplained decision, really, from NHS England to actually push dental practices to a target that, you know, two-thirds uh, of practices were getting nowhere near that um, target before they, they, they raised it. Um, I don't know why they think, you know, hit, uh, hitting the profession, I think, with a stick really at the moment, uh, rather than uh, the support other areas of the health service are getting, is the way forward to actually encourage more, more dentists to stay in the NHS. It's, it's a ridiculous thing to do. Yeah, I agree. It's 85% expectation, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, okay, a third of practices were able to do that. Um, before they raised the, the the thresholds that they were expecting, but that meant two thirds of practices weren't, and and this is a significant problem because not only have they done that, they've also taken away the uh, uh, the threshold uh, at the lower level. So it means that it will be a financial hit for for practices who don't achieve it. And from what I'm hearing, many practices are getting absolutely nowhere near it in the first week or so of, of, of going back after Christmas. Uh, you know, a, a recent survey in the East Midlands showed that about two-thirds of practices had you know, at least one member of staff that was off, either with, with uh, the virus or um, was, was, was self-isolating. And, and, you know, if you haven't got a dental nurse... Uh, it doesn't matter whether your dentist is okay. Uh, if you haven't got the support within the practice to actually deliver patient care, you've certainly got no chance of actually getting anywhere near these 85% targets. And, you know, our, our headline from the British Dental Association was um, that this was the wrong target at the wrong time, and it's setting up practices to fail. Yeah, I agree. Because, you know, let's talk about a little bit the staffing crisis. I mean, it's, it's uh, ever-present and it's growing. And of course, you know, there's people that cannot come into work through COVID with the restrictions. You know, we had something in our office today. Somebody got a text in the middle of a meeting, someone they've been in contact with. Everyone had to sort of stopping testing. It's a constant thing. Um, obviously, in order to remain in employment, you know, the, the support staff, there are anti-vaxxers out there. What kind of uh, impact have you seen from that? Because obviously those that are not prepared to have the vaccination... Um, they're no longer welcome in the surgery, correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I've got a problem with the, with, with the, the term anti-vaxxers because I think that there are a lot of people in the profession who are concerned about the vaccine and, and about the, the rapid imp implementation of the vaccine. I'm not sure they're anti-vaxxers. They're, they're just, you know, concerned about being compelled to actually have uh, the vaccination to continue to to work within the NHS, um, 
and you know our survey that we carried out with with the the profession in early December uh, led to some headlines where um, we we believe about ten percent uh, of the workforce out there in in general dental practice are are hesitant about having the vaccine. Now, whether as we get nearer to the time uh, that you have to be vaccinated to continue to work in the NHS, more and more people will get vaccinated. I'm not sure because, um, you know, you saw recently that a conversation even just last Friday with the Secretary of State and the consultant anaesthetist, uh, you know, one of the major hospitals in London. People have really got very, very strong opinions on this. And uh, many people wanted the, the, the BDA to actually do more. Uh, I think what we what we've done is voice the concern that we have uh, workforce issues. You know, many, many members of staff have not been able to maintain working in the PPE levels that we were working in since the beginning of the pandemic. And, uh, you know, a lot of practices are reporting they're losing staff, um, ancillary staff and dental nurse support uh, because people are not happy working in that level of PPE. And, and, you know, if you're going to lose even more because of the fact of a compulsory vaccination uh, declaration by, by the Secretary of State, you know, the workforce issue is going to be catastrophic. Um, at the BDA uh, position has been that we, we fully support vaccination. I've been vaccinated. I've had my booster. If I'm asked to go for another one, I'll go. I think most people uh, are, are quite happy to do that. But there are, is a significant number of the profession that don't want to be vaccinated uh, and don't want to be compelled to be vaccinated. And that will inevitably have an impact not only on workforce, uh, but patient care, because if we haven't got the workforce to deliver the care, um, the issue about access to NHS dental services or all dental services has been really quite difficult. Um, I've, I've seen a survey that's coming out from one of the corporates that's saying that, you know, the waiting time for actually getting into to have private dental treatment is beginning to, to increase. Um, you know, we, we are in a situation where compulsory vaccination will have a, 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 a detrimental effect. Um, whether whether I, I think... That, people who, who, who refuse to become vaccinated are doing the right thing or not, it's inevitable it's going to have a, a, an effect. Yeah. Now, obviously, I realise that you're not psychic, Eddie, but what do you think NHS England are going to do? Well, the worrying thing in the letter that came out to dentists before Christmas was not only the 85% target, um, but the, 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 the other mention of the fact that from April you know, NHS dental practices should get prepared to go back to a UDA contract uh, of 100%. Now, we know the UDA contract was, was a flawed contract and there has been a flawed contract, um, but, the, but that has also worried a huge amount of the profession, thinking that, you know, we're, we're returning to normality. I don't know what they can predict that uh, anyone else can't see, but, you know, in, in my opinion, the 1st of April is not going to see the end of the pandemic. But for NHS England, it seems to be the end of any support that they want to give to dental practice. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of practices have been seriously considering their long-term future in the NHS. 
Um, I, I, I speak to all the companies that assist practices to go from the NHS into private systems. They tell me they have waiting lists to go and see people at the moment because of the volume of, of, of interest in that. You know, the actions that are there at the moment by NHS England um, just seem to be the best advertising ever for people like Demplan and Practice Plan. Um, because it, it looks to me as though the NHS are beginning to pull up the drawbridge of any support that they're, they're giving to the profession. So, Eddie, just let's briefly discuss clawback and breach notices. Yeah. Well, we know how, how bad clawback was, uh, you know, before the pandemic. It was, it was ever increasing, you know, millions and millions of pounds uh, increased year on year because people found it harder and harder and harder to actually deliver um, UDA uh, targets um, inevitably if you set a target where two thirds of the of the profession were not hitting it before they <laughs> before they 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 raised it twenty percent clawback is going to be a major issue. Many practices rely not only on their NHS income but their private income to support them and that's taken a hit as we know uh, throughout the pandemic many practices are are very vulnerable at the moment and if you start taking huge amounts of money back in clawback from practices you know the only thing you can see is the fact that many of these practices will actually go to the wall or close or corporates will 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 shut down uh, practices that are just completely unviable the 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 end of the financial year has as as obviously taken a considerable amount of time uh, to actually i mean practices surely were were clawed back but they were uh, you know the the end of the financial year is when clawback actually starts yes. um and and so we won't know really until the summer of next year what volume of of clawback will yeah. be there um because you know this final three months will 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 inevitably i i suspect mean that many practices don't deliver on their target and they will face clawback but it will be the summer once you've actually had the end of the financial year and all the tossing up that uh, the NHS will do. It's going to be incredibly complex because we've had three different targets within this year and uh, they've also introduced a scheme where they will allow uh, excess delivery in the final third of the year, uh, sorry, final quarter of the year to be offset against any targets that you haven't hit previously. But I, I don't see that that's going to be possible for an awful lot of practices. What I see is, you know, levels of clawback next summer, which are far, far worse than last summer because the targets were more achievable uh, in the previous 12 months. So a busy time, as always, for you. What's your main focus sort of at the moment with regards to addressing this and obviously lobbying on behalf of members? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we're getting, as usual, plenty of press interest in dentistry. It's been phenomenal, the press interest throughout the, uh, the, the, the pandemic, and that continues. I had an article yesterday in the, in the Sunday Express. I understand the BBC are very interested in the fact that um, about a 1,000 dentists left the NHS performers list in England uh, last year, and I can only see that increasing with what they're doing at the moment. Um, we are focusing on lobbying. Sean Charwood wrote a letter to uh, NHS England, uh, had a meeting last Thursday where it doesn't appear that they are for turning really on this target. Um, what they're saying is that they're going to make it easier for practices to actually declare 
specific difficult circumstances that they're having. But they said in the letter that if if practices were outliers in comparison to their their that the other practices in the area, then they would listen to those concerns. My problem, uh, or or the problem I am hearing about, is that. It's not you. You're not an outlier as a practice. If you've got all these issues, you you are the norm, uh, and every single practice is having problems with staffing issues, with patients cancelling at last minute. You know the idea that you can suddenly fill an appointment book that's uh, that, that's cancelled on the day is, is you know an idea that's been generated from people who just don't understand what dental practice is all about. Well, obviously a concerning prognosis. Um, A lot of people will resonate with everything that you've said today. Thank you very much for your time. It's very interesting to get an up-to-the-moment assessment of the situation, Eddie. Thank you, Eddie. Take care. Bye-bye.